Have you seen this? What? Have you heard that? What? Have you been there? Where? It's a live podcast from ShirePod, keeping you connected to the community and bringing you your local caffeine shot from a cafe near you. Now, this episode is brought to you by the Local Business Awards and is a mid-COVID-19 community initiative now with ShirePod, the station creating sound waves in the Shire. Now, I am your host, Pip Ray. And I'm your host, JJ. And today we are broadcasting live from Cafe Y at 34 Alison Crescent in Menai. Now, Cafe Y is actually on site at Project Youth here at Menai in the Menai Community Centre. And it's been nominated for the upcoming Local Business Awards. And while voting has now closed, we wish them all the best in being recognised for the good work that they do in the community services. You can find out more at thebusinessawards.com.au. He, and here is a word from our supporter. The Local Business Awards. They acknowledge outstanding local businesses and the people who go above and beyond, providing an exceptional customer service experience. During the past 30 years, the Local Business Awards trophy has become a powerful symbol that local businesses aspire to. Good morning, Sutherland Shire, and welcome to the Being There podcast. We are the digital platform hosting locally produced podcasts here on Podbean. If you've joined us live, you can send us a message through the Podbean app and tell us where you're listening from. Especially if you are a business in Menai. In today's episode, we're talking to Karen from Cafe Y, Sarah Joe from So Shire, Nicole from Inside Out Yoga, Teen Empowerment, and Annette from Portico Services. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Today's episode is dedicated to our future generations and our young people. So if you have questions for our guests, send them in on the chat box. Now, we're here in Menai, so tell us a little bit more about this place, Jay. Uh, The area known as Menai was originally called Bangor, or the original Welsh Anger, in 1895 by the land's owner, a farmer named Owen Jones. It was named after his birthplace at Bangor in Wales. To avoid confusion, though, with Bangor in Tasmania, the Postmaster General's office changed the suburb name to Menai in 1910. Now, the reason he picked Menai was because Menai Strait lies opposite to Bangor in Wales. When Menai expanded, the eastern section became Bangor again. Suburb has been affected by bushfires on several occasions, including the January 94 fires and the 2017-18 Australian bushfire season. And what is it? It's also home to the... And I Bush Fire Brigade from the New South Wales Rural Fire Service. From which you have a very strong attachment to. I do. Shout out to the boys there at Menai. Now we are on the lands of the Darawal people and we pay our respects. And as well as to, we acknowledge the surrounding suburbs in Barden Ridge, Illawong, Alfreds Point and Bangor, which all form the postcard of 2234. It's part of the Sutherland LGA, Holsworthy and Heathcote State Electorates and the Hughes and National Electorates. We're 28 kilometres from the CBD. And there's 10,304 people from the last census. Uh, On the top of the news was the childcare 
Rebet, now I don't know if that affects um, the preschool. It might. We probably should get your friend in here to have a chat about that. <laughs> but um, our biggest community news to hit the Sutherland Shire this week was definitely that Australian families have resumed paying for childcare on Monday after the government ceased paying the gap for the services during the pandemic. The government also plans to turn off JobKeeper payments for childcare providers as of the 20th of July, which is expected to see a drop in demand and could force some centres to permanently close their doors. Now, it's been suggested that roughly one-third of families will either reduce the number of days their children attend services or pull them out altogether. So what does that mean? Basically, the temporary relief package introduced in April is said to have done its job and given parents much-needed breathing space with the aid of nearly $708 million of new transition measures called the childcare subsidy. That's being reintroduced means-tested as of next Monday. A means test ensures those that earn the least actually receive the highest level of subsidy. Now, the government has eased these activity tests until October the 4th, so I guess a, they're finding a middle ground with this means testing that if they're not earning an income, then they will definitely be supported to keep your children in childcare so that you've got an opportunity to go out and find a job. Let's go to health now. Uh, this is my question for Jay, because today in health, we're bringing you uh, awareness about sarcoma awareness month. And uh, it's raising the awareness of blood cancer disorders. And it was first established in 2007. They travel through the body and infect other organs and they're quite deadly. But uh, Jay, you've got a personal story here that uh, you said you'd like to share. Yes. So uh, my mum actually had uterine cancer, which they found after a hysterectomy. We were told that uh, if it was to come back, it would be a sarcoma. And they actually monitored her lungs for three years to make sure that um, it didn't come back. And unfortunately, I, right before the, thir- uh, the end of the third year, it um, appeared in her lungs uh, and it also metastasized to her abdomen, which unfortunately is what killed her at the end. Um, it actually cut off her stomach to a small intestine and she was a very strong woman and she fought it every step of the, da- uh, step of the way. So I think what we should also be saying when we talk about sarcoma is also about the support network for those that are going through cancer, watching someone go through uh, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, all the drugs, all the side effects of cancer is horrendous, but it's really great to be able to support someone who has such a great fight in them like my mum did. You want to tell us about Dr Jodie Lynch? Dr Jodie Lynch. Now, here's a shout out to an amazing woman. There's our amazing again. Um, Dr Jodie Lynch is actually a big supporter of STEM women in universities. So trying to support um, (laughs) women looking at um, going into medicine. But she's actually a medical oncologist. She's a gynecological oncologist that specialises, obviously, in women's cancers. So the majority of the um, chemotherapy days that were for Jodie Lynch at St George Private were women that were dealing with breast cancer, uterine cancer, ovarian cancer. She was really supportive. She'd come in on um, chemotherapy days and visit her clients while they were having their chemo done. Her staff were amazing and she's just really approachable, really easy to talk to. Um, she was always open and willing to check and try new things. So it, Jodie Lynch is an amazing doctor to, if you get the chance to. I, I second that. I've, I know Jodie Lynch as well and she, yeah, she's amazing. 
Well, thank you for sharing that, Jack, because I know it's, um, it's been a difficult 18 months, but um, you're here to talk about it today and we really appreciate you bringing awareness to that, um, that particular cancer. It's, it's sarcoma, isn't it? Sarcoma. So yeah. mum had uh, secondary uterine lyomysarcoma. Okay. And it, that's a big mouthful. It is. Now, can you cheer me up with some weather? Yes. So today is supposed to be a minimum of 11 to 17. Uh, we have a 60% chance of rain, although it's blue as outside today. Uh, tomorrow is 20% chance of rain, uh, 11 to 18 degrees. And Sunday, I'm looking forward to Sunday. I've just been booked mm. in for a bushwalk because there's 0% chance of rain and it's going to be 9 degrees to 19 degrees. Awesome. So does that mean that sport is on this weekend? It does. And we've got Dylan. So let's see if we can get Dylan's little uh, recording up. Here with Maddie and Ruby Palsy from the Menai Flames Netball Club. Hi, girls. Hi. Hi. So, Maddie, how long have you played netball for and what do you like the most about playing? I started playing netball, nursery netball, when I was five. I like playing with my friends and having fun on and off the court. Great. And Ruby, how long have you been playing for the Flames and when does the competition start back? I also started playing nursery netball when I was five. Our first game of the year is this Saturday. That's exciting. So where where are the home courts for the Flames Locals, Daddy. We don't really have home courts, but we play each week at Billingaro Netball Courts at Miranda. And is that where you do training, Ruby? No, we don't train at Miranda. We train at the netball courts at our school near near our church. So the netball season has been delayed because of COVID. Maddie, has there been anything special or different you you have had to do during training or game day to be COVID safe? We had to stop training for a while and we started back. Um, It was more fitness and um, skill training because we weren't allowed to play against anyone. We have to um, use hand sanitizer for our hands and also for our balls that we use. It's great sport is churning up again, Ruby. Who is your team playing this week? Our team is playing Connell's Point. Well, good luck to all Menai Flames netball teams this weekend. Thanks for talking the time to talk to Shirepod today, girls. Thanks for having us on your show. Yeah, thank you. I'm Dylan Hamer. Good luck to all sport teams playing this weekend. God love her. I love, love her. Dylan. She's, she's she is just loving this reporter's role. Oh God, she's adorable. <laughs> Absolutely adorable. <laughs> so I'm gonna just throw it out here. If you would like to nominate someone for our sports person of the week, send their name club and sports highlight to hello at sullenshirepodcaststation.com.au and we'll read it and they will receive our podcast promo. I'm just going to throw it 
comment on Dylan's podcast there. Uh, this Saturday is the first round of netball for Southern Shy Netball Association at Bellangara. They've organised a drop-off and pick-up points to limit the number of people on the grounds. So is there anything you can tell us, ladies, about Menai that you know? It's a great place to bring up kids. Yeah. I've brought up four here and it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's, they can still walk around, ride their bikes, do things that you can't do in inner-city suburbs. So we love it. My kids love it. They're still here, so they're not going anywhere. And, the and did it. they go to school here as well? Yeah, they went to school here. So I've got, you know, four of them and they're... Um, you know, their friends are here, they're, you know, pretty much this is home to them and they wouldn't think of any, anywhere else but the Shire. Ah, now this is Annette Tesca. She's from Portico Services and I just want to introduce you because she does some amazing work with some youth housing. Um, so tell us a little bit about your view and what you do. Yep, sure. My business is Portico Services and um, I opened it myself back in 2012. I had been working for a furniture fitting company um, doing hospitality fit outs for hotels, clubs, pubs, etc. And I worked a lot in disability and aged care. Um, I was very fortunate. I received a phone call from a builder that I'd once worked with and he asked me if I could assist with a youth project which was fitting out 28 um, apartments. And it was an area that I'd never really known much about or done much with. So it was a complete learning curve. Um, everything was about durability, um, you know, cleanability, longevity, um, bright colours, uplifting environment. So um, we, we now pretty much, you know, that's the basis of our business. So we work on a fast turnaround, no fuss, but I absolutely love it. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. I, I go in, I meet kids. Um, they're just so grateful that you, you've come in and you've, you know, redecorated their bedroom. And and, and the, the brief that I have is to give them a home, you know, give them something that they may not have. A lot of these kids are between, say, 12 and 18, and they've been displaced from their families for various reasons. Some are short term, <clears throat> some are, um, you know, in the crisis centre. Some have come in and they're, you know, supported accommodation and they build their way up into independent living so it's really wonderful to see because sometimes you see the same kids. I've been doing it for a while now, so I'm getting to know. I know all the caseworkers pretty well, um, you know, and they're fantastic. They're just awesome. You know, the way that they run um, the service and the way that they um, provide this ongoing stability for these kids, you know, learning basic stuff, you know, how to wash up, how to, you know, do your own ironing, things all like that. All those life that. skills. All that stuff that you think, oh, you know, um, I, I always come away from it, you know, I don't know, just really grateful that there's such a thing in place. And it's just so widespread. It's just amazing now how much of it's required. And, you know, I guess, you know, we can't keep up. And, and what can that do for children who are oh, you know, going through look, that? It's amazing. I mean, I've had kids, you know, sit out on the driveway while we're doing a job and come back in and they're like, oh, my goodness. And they take ownership straight away. It's like... You know, they might get a piece of art in their bedroom that I've chosen to go with the rug that they already had or whatever it was, and it's a, it's as though they chose it. They'll run mm. into the next room and go to someone, oh, you know, um, what I got. They never say, oh, I don't want that one, I want the green one. That's what my kids might have done. Um, but, no, it's, it's it's complete ownership and you can see, you know, just in their face, just feeling validated, feeling as though they're worth something, I, I guess. Um, but, you know, I, I get great thrill out of it. So now, you've got a great story though about a plant. Oh yes. Can you I tell had, us that um, one? Well <laughs> yes I had um, a situation where I had, I had we had a young girl who came in and she wasn't real happy for a long while and she didn't really like us there um, but when I went back to order the property not very long after she was out on the balcony watering little cactuses and all sorts of things that she'd brought in herself and was now you know an avid gardener in the complex so 
you know, to see the change and the turnaround. I had a girl once, I rolled out a rug in front of her and she, and she said, I feel inspired by what you just did. <laughs> I said, what was that? She says, oh, just roll out that rug. Isn't that a beautiful rug? And, you know, just little things like that. Um, yeah, just, just makes you feel like you want to do it and you want to do it well, you know. So I just keep do it, doing it as long as I'll have me. So I want to bring in Nicole here because uh, she's a teen empowerment coach as well and from Inside Out Yoga and she's also a yoga teacher and takes women on retreats. She also does a lot in the men's health space. How important is it for time and space for these kids, like to have a place where they belong? Yeah, it's incredible. Just listening to Annette speak has made me feel so grateful for, you know, my my own family, my own kids and what I have for them. And, um, and the kids that I mentor in my courses, um, it's really important for them to have someone, even if they have really beautiful, supportive parents at home, a stable home environment, it's really important for them to have a mentor because, like, a youth mentor is not a teacher and it's not a friend and it's not a family member either. It's someone who's sort of in between that's a neutral, non-judgmental um, advisor and, um, you know, really giving them the space to be able to openly share, you know, with someone like yourself in it, mm-hmm. um, where they can feel safe to open up and just be who they are without the feeling of any expectation of performing for their parents or, mm-hmm. um, you know, for achieving or whatever it may be because there's a tremendous amount of pressure on kids these days, which is amazing on one hand because there's so many opportunities mm-hmm. for them to grow and, and, and to thrive and expand, mm-hmm. but also with come, comes with that is... Um, if they haven't been given the right life skills to be able to deal with the stresses, which I'm finding is the case at the moment, um, then they can crumble and they don't thrive. Absolutely. And so this is where this is where I come in. Fantastic. Do, what do you see when you've done your empowerment courses and that sort of thing? Like, what's the impact of what you're doing? Because it's all that's all mind stuff, isn't it? It's where we sort of become who we are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a huge amount is about forming their identity as, as adolescents, um, their identity and their self-image around who they are because, unfortunately, what happens in the adolescent years is they make absolute decisions that can stay with them for the rest of their lives and that is like a that's a very much a neurological thing as well where their brain is wired and it's they're set. Um, social media has a huge part to play in it as well because um, they tend to believe that's that's the way the world is, but it's all very much impermanent. Mm. Um, and I feel like um, the work I do uh, helps to create new ways of thinking for kids and helps them to um, create ideas for themselves so that they can create their own self-image and their own identity based upon their own values, not the values of the people around them necessarily. Mm. Um, because at that age they are coming into that rebellious nature and that's when they really need to bust out of the cocoon as I love to use the terminology for the, as the butterfly, busting yeah. out of the cocoon for my courses because uh, this is where they become who they are and they form their identity and if they haven't been given these life skills um, at, at that age then they do tend to um, become dysfunctional adults. Sure. And um, this is where... Um, very much what I feel passionate about and um, there's nine key things that kids really need in the 21st century that they haven't really got Um, and these are the life skills which they're not getting at school and they are the first one is resilience Uh, then there's curiosity adaptability insight empathy emotional sensing and entrepreneurial thinking and also pursuing conviction and vision and um, 
this came from the University of Singapore, this research, and I found it really compelling. I thought this is really where I felt is the need, especially for young boys as well, teenage boys. I can see that, like, I've got four kids myself, so I can see that parents would be quite objective to a lot of that stuff going on because they still want to have that level of control or, you know, to keep them safe. Um, So what do you tell your parents? Yeah, okay, so I have a code. Um, I have a few codes in my courses. Uh, What happens, what is shared in the course, Inside Out Beauty, or whatever I'm facilitating stays there. Unless I feel that their kid is a danger to themselves or somebody else, I will maintain that code of confidentiality um, because kids need to feel safe to open up to me. Otherwise, they won't come and they won't share and get what they need out of it. That's something I notice too when I'm working on a job. Um, Quite often the kids, when you first come in with our crew, we're very friendly and we'll sort of open up and and make chat with whoever's walking past us. But quite often they won't acknowledge us. we're, We're a bit like, well, we don't know who you are. By the end of it, um, just talking on their own level, um, just, you know, acknowledging who they are. I, I see, like, a massive change even within 24 hours. They'll start to, oh, I know who you are or, oh, you're back again. Or, and it's just fantastic just taking them back to their own level and, and having, having a good chat because, you know, they're frightened. They don't know who you are. They don't know why you're there or what it means to them. Yeah, Absolutely. When I was doing my youth mentor training, um, I was quite nervous about getting up in front of kids. You know, I thought, oh, I'm the adult. I shouldn't feel this way. But it's true. Uh, Teenagers have got a sixth sense, which is so sharp. Mm, And they can smell you out really quick, right? (laughs) (laughs) We know. Yeah. (laughs) I have teenagers as well. I know. It's a shame they can't uh, smell their own bedroom. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) My son's room door needs to be closed frequently. But the three things are the kids need to know. This is their needs. Is that, you know, can I trust you? And mm. are you any good? Mm. And that's, oh, wow. that's, that's tough, right? Yeah. That's a tough thing to live up that? to. Oh, yeah. Are you any good? Are you any good? And yeah. do you care about me? Like, do you really, are you really here because you care about me? Obviously, and mm. you care deeply about the kids that you help out. Mm. And you have to love what you do. You have to be so passionately engaged and invest in, in helping kids in order to do that. Yeah, um, and sure. I think that this applies to high school teachers as well. And kids will sense it and feel it. And if they feel that you're not good enough, they're going to walk all over you. Mm. I actually love when I crack a really naughty one. You know, if there's a really naughty one and she's been really nasty as we walked in or she said something she shouldn't have and and the um, the, the house mothers might say, oh, that's not very nice, you shouldn't speak like that, blah, 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 and they keep going. I love that. It's a bit of a challenge. Usually by the end we're, we're talking and we're good. I might ask them to help me with something or... Um, just include them because quite often, as I said before, they just want to know why you're there, what are you doing? But if they feel inclusive, um, yeah, it changes things straight away. And I've actually learned that from the carers because of the way they speak to the kids. It's on such a level. I've even taken some of that home to my own because about accepting what you've got. It's accepting who you're working with, not trying to make them be the way you'd like them to be. Yes. It's, quite, it's a big lesson. I think it's a big lesson for parents. Um, Sure, just to see how that works. Well, the thing is that the work that, that I do and the work that you do really does um, extend to the parents mm. in a bit hugely and I feel like there needs to be both sides addressed. For sure. It's a holistic, much more holistic approach um, in order for that to happen because kids can go home after doing my one-day intensive course and a follow-up and... Uh, you know, we do like a little bit of chat about how things have been, but unless the parents are on board, 
then it's very hard to integrate everything that they've learned. And sometimes they can have a huge shift in their self and identity and and then eventually it will just be neutralised through, um, you know, we become a product of our environment. So therefore, you know, it just sort of fades. So it's really consistency is really important. Definitely. Now, while you girls have been talking, we've actually ended up with Karen sitting with us. Hello. Hey, Karen. Karen Karen. actually works here at um, Project Youth. So, Karen, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here. Okay, so I'm the Education, Employment and Training Manager for Project Youth. Um, Part of my role covers uh, management of two social enterprises, which is the cafe here, Cafe Y, and also another area called Labor Y. Um, we've only just reopened the cafe after um, a shutdown for COVID and we're very excited about it. The um, IMB um, Community Fund gave us some money to sort of re- do a bit of a refurb in here. So we've sort of launched it as a little bit little bit more modern and bringing it back into the times for our young people That's to come great. and actually enjoy the space. Um, we work with predominantly 12 to 24-year-olds here at Project Youth um, that are disengaged. Um, it could be that they're homeless, it could be that they're they're just not interested in school or family breakdown, drug and alcohol, um, a lot of mental health issues with our young people. They come into our programs, we have various programs, we have an early intervention program yep. where we work with young people in schools to try to actually keep them in school. So we have caseworkers that will go out, youth workers that will support the school and the young people and run some groups. It could be, um, could be a group with the young ladies on um, you know, body image or um, it, it, just, just around domestic violence and, and how to handle these sorts of things that they might not be getting that information from anywhere else. So we go out into the schools. And then we have our housing. So we have 76 beds in the Sutherland, Shire and St George area for homeless youth. Um, so we have refuges. Um, we have semi-supported housing and transitional housing. So we have, you know, unfortunately those beds are always full. Um, <laughs> our young people, there are these... 76 young people that are, are homeless and we're trying to help those kids out and we you know, can often have a bit of a waiting list to, to get into those places but we'll do our best by working with all other services to try to get them into some form of accommodation. And then we have our social enterprises which is me which I mentioned before. So the labour Y side of the business, um, we have a lot of young people they come to a hospitality course which works in with the cafe here and they do a cert two in hospitality with TAFE New South Wales. We have a support worker that works with them the whole time. So they stay with them in class. They do all of their enrolments. They're looking at all of the um, case management side of things with young people as well to ensure that they're safe and being looked after. You know, some of the young people have behavioural problems. So having our caseworker actually in the class with them can kind of you know, um, stop any issues before they escalate. Um, the young people do all of their service hours here in the cafe and then we'll often come back and volunteer here, which is what we've got at the moment, heaps of young people wanting to volunteer, which That's is great. beautiful. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, so I'm actually inundated with um, kids from the last course wanting to come and actually great? volunteer. So mm-hmm. every day we have some young people volunteering in here, which is beautiful, just to get some work experience and actually to keep them busy. Yeah. Keeping them busy, especially at the moment with COVID, it's just it's good for them to have something to do. I've had a few kids ask me if they could come with me on the block. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Can we go on the block? <laughs> After they see a transformation, I think yeah. they think, oh, this looks like fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to find out from you, where where do these kids, how do they come to you in the first place? Because I work with kids who, are, um, who have a home family unit and my heart just goes out listen, listening to you yeah. say this. Tell, tell me about 
you know, how these kids come to you? So we get our referrals, sorry, we get our referrals from um, schools will refer to us, the police refer to us, so juvenile justice, we have a lot to do with them. Um, Hospitals, say CAMS, which is the crisis care units, will refer into us as well. Um, With the Cafe Y course and Hospitality and Labour Y, we'll get referrals from other um, job agencies like Job Active or Transition to Work. They'll get in contact with us because these are not not always mainstream young people, so they just need that little bit of extra help. So they will come in through those Job Active people that they might not have the time to give them that we can actually give them with that one-on-one casework. They'll um, also refer in as well. And places like Headspace, is, you know, we get quite a lot of referrals from there. That's great. And we have drop-in. So we run drop-in here um, quite a lot. So we have three centres, Hurstville, Miranda and Menai. Um, and young people, you know, they'll, they'll just come in for a bit of a bit of a taster with us and then, you know, all of a sudden they start to disclose stuff and we're like, yeah. okay, so they need some help with yeah, this. and see what you're about. That's our introduction yeah. to them, yeah. I heard you saying you did courses on body image and that's a huge part of what I do. And uh, there's some really great work that the Butterfly Foundation's doing out there. Um, So tell me a little bit about that. I'm actually not terribly involved in it. It is a different area. It's our early intervention area, but they'll go out to schools and it might be a 12-week course, like a a term course, where they'll meet with those young people once a week and and just run through some things with them. And, And it really goes on what young people want so we're very um guided by them we'll get there and we'll you know figure out what it is that they want to get from us or in those those courses but we run courses all year so they're they're in the schools all year round and then we run courses here as well so we run a horticulture course we do beauty and makeup special effects makeup job readiness program so we just have lots of little programs that we can get kids involved in that's great now i believe the gardening is the new big project out the back there. Yes, yes, it's starting on Monday actually. So we've got a horticulture course starting Monday. Um, it's really hard to get young people that are aged between 15 and 17 that are disengaged in school to um, be able to, to do a whole lot. They can't really go to TAFE unless they have their rosa, which says they're either ending year 10 or 11. It's really difficult for them to actually be involved. If they're, if they're disengaged from school and not going, mm. they're not going anywhere. So we've, we've sort of found a way that we can um, run a horticulture course here and it's um, work experience. So they come for us about three hours a week and we'll create a garden we're doing out the back here and we'll um, everything that we grow we'll use in the cafe. And so, yeah, so good. Gonna, the young people are going to make some chili jam out of the chilies we grow yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So it's fantastic. Yeah, so what we're going to plant for you today. Oh, great, great. <laughs> so any donations of any vegetables that we can use in our garden are greatly appreciated because oh, we're struggling to, to get everything. Oh, and here's one here. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh. Oh. So this is our oh, producer bird. Here has just handed over a chili plant. <laughs> um, it's an heirloom chili though. Very rare. She's oh, very well, cute. That's very exciting. That's <laughs> we might have to call it Pip's Chili Jam or something. <laughs> so just another question, Karen. I mean, we've got the garden out the back. What other facilities do you have here for the kids here? Yep. So here we've got a full recording studio. So um, young people can come in and record music here. We have a big drop-in space. So um, young people from Thursday nights, it, it can be really busy in here. We can have a, you know... 40, 50, sometimes more kids here. Right. Um, wow. Not at the moment with COVID, but we have done. We're doing <laughs> virtual ones at the moment still. Um, we've got a basketball court out the back and um, all our youth workers we have about uh, seven or eight youth workers here and they're usually here at all times as well. So there's a fair bit that happens from this centre. 
Um, Hurstful, we have, it's an old church that we've converted and there we sort of run a job readiness program. It's more education based there and we're actually um, we've got doing some distance ed stuff with some kids for some schooling as well out of there. Don't forget the arts, the art area out the back there either. Yes, we have an art room. We do have an art room. I forget about the art room. I don't have a creative bone in my body, so I kind of forget about the art room. Yes, we have an art room, so we run some art classes here. We have a lot of our young people love um, street art. So out the back, they will do some fantastic street art on the fencing and yeah, around the place. We've actually got some new, have a look just in the hall, the new art that went up this week. Oh, goodies. Great. Is that from the kids that are actually here or...? Yes. That's awesome. Yes. So we'll tra- we'll take some photos and throw them up on the Shypod uh, Facebook. Can I have my coffee? Oh, yes. <laughs> I was actually starting to worry where oh. all your coffees were. Soy cappuccino small? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just uh, letting everyone know, we've actually got heaps of listeners on this morning. So we've got Daydreamer, of course, who is our... Um, uh, media personality. I love working with Amanda, but we've got uh, SJ's on, Mans. Um, I believe we've got two Katie's sitting on here at, this morning. So thank you everyone for uh, logging on. Again, if you've got any questions for the girls here today, please remember to just ask them. So I believe Nicole and Annette were, thank you, <laughs> Annette were talking about how kids have trust issues and how to deal with that. And one of the things that was really heartbreaking for me was reading your frequently asked questions page, but you also have the same kind of relationship with the kids that Nicole has where you've got to build that certain amount of trust too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's why um, one-on-one case management works so well and also the group work because um, they do begin to trust you and, and and that's the way young people, if they want to disclose something, they're only going to do that once they've got that trust with you and and it's in there and their own time when they want to talk to you about it there's no pushing and there's yeah it's all very um it's very led by the young people that we work with very trauma-informed here so um all of our practice around trauma-informed practice so we let the young people go at their own pace for yeah that's right it's it's really quite special what you do I mean I see that in the case workers that I come across they're just yeah amazing yeah amazing great level of patience and just I I was impressed from day one with just the level of how they speak to the kids as well I just take them in and like there's no kind of question about what you're doing where you've been all the things that a mother would say yeah yeah what are you doing where have you been (laughs) there's none of that it's all just you know very casual and very easy and we know that they're gonna you know they're gonna play up occasionally and they're gonna do the wrong thing and that's that is just the way it is with my labor y area that I look after we um, put young kids out into the workforce and I can, you know, pretty much guarantee the places where they're going to work that they're not going to be your best employer, employee when they start, but hopefully in time they will be. And to just, you know, we work very closely with the employers and do some um, programs with them to help them to get an understanding of some of the challenges our young people face mm. um, so that they can then have an understanding. So when a young person doesn't get to work on time, or doesn't turn up for work, it, it could be that they actually had nowhere to sleep last night and that they're cold, or it, it could be, you know, a variety uh, of reasons. Yeah. It's not just, well, you're supposed to be at work, it's, you know, 8 o'clock, why aren't you here? So we have some amazing companies that we work with. I mean, I'll just mention one if I can, which is Breen Resources at Kernel, who are just incredible with our young people and um, have been so understanding and we've had probably about 
eight or nine young people work out there and they'll be there for up to 12 months. Wow, that's great. Yeah, working full-time hours, very supported. Yeah, it's fantastic. Sounds like you offer a lot of um, encouragement and optimism and hope for these kids and I'm all for that. That's amazing. We have um, our young lady that's serving here today, um, Tash, she has come into our program and she was came into my Labor Y program and I actually got her job at the Shangri-La. So she's been wow. working at the Shangri-La in wow, the city. Wow, that's great. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know whether you'll get a chance to talk to her, but she won't say this about herself, so I'll say it for her. She um, was put into the um, front restaurant and bar at the Shangri-La called the Lobby Bar and their director of HR said to me that she actually had changed the face of their hotel, that she was just so amazing <sighs> and won a customer service award. Like she's, oh, that's she's a young girl. Like yeah. She's, yeah, she's been amazing. But because she was a casual and it's COVID, <laughs> she, yeah, they haven't gone back to work there. So I've stolen her and I don't think I'll give um, She's staying go. with me now. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So we've got a couple of questions online at the moment. So Stash is asking, what are the opening hours for Cafe Wine? So we're open from 7.30 to 2. Um, and Tuesday till Saturday. So we've only we're just starting our Saturdays. This is our third Saturday and it's been going really well. That's awesome. And oh, there's that word again. Pip's going to kill me today. I'm trying to get rid of the word awesome out of my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any program or connection between the youth and the older community members or aged care community, like a grandchild-grandparent connection? Yeah, so... Um, well, we've, we have mentor programs as well. So we've just finished running some mentor um, training. So we, um, to be a mentor here, you have to go through quite a lot of training. And then it's, we hope for a natural match with a young person by um, the mentors getting involved in the various programs that we have. But they might come in here and volunteer at the cafe and then just you know, find a natural connection with one of the other young people that are working here or we match them on you know, things that they're interested in. Um, but also with our courses, with the, um, the last horticulture course that we did, we ran that as an intergenerational project and we did that with Hurstful Senior Citizens. So we created a veggie patch with, it, with that course for the senior citizens in the area. And yeah, we're doing a fair bit of that that's sort great. of work. Yeah, that's great. I do a bit with, um, I also do a lot of work with disability and aged care. So, um, you know, they they tend to, they do a lot with preschoolers and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. You see a lot of that where they do the generations together. I think yeah. there's a lot to be said for it. I think especially yeah. with the youth that don't have the family and the extended family. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely wonderful way yeah. to go. One of the things I've always thought would be nice is, um, you know, like the men shed kind of, yes. you know, like the, the older gentlemen that have got all these fantastic skills yes. that... Yeah, our young people haven't haven't really seen that. They haven't had dad building out the backyard. No. They haven't had that no. kind of experience. So I think it'd be really nice for them to be yeah. getting involved. It's not a yeah. flat pack. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, whittle away at something and make something. Like, yeah, it's good. I really resonate with what you're doing here, and I would love to get involved. Yeah, fantastic. So um, we've actually ended up with the beautiful-looking Sarah Jo over there who's just arrived from Sochire. So we were talking previously about the gardening around the back and, of course, um, Sochire is so into looking at reuse, recycle and sustainability in the Southern Shire. You know, how are you today, Sarah? I'm good. I'm very good. Ages. I know. I know. This month is passing very quickly, isn't it? Here we are. What mid July? Yeah. It'll be Christmas before we know it. I, I know. think. It's been a strange 2020, hasn't it? <laughs> it has. It has. It has. And we're not there yet. No. <laughs> so yes, we were talking about the fact that the garden out the back is actually going to be 
utilised and chilli jam. I don't know whether I'm going to be up for chilli jam. Well, I like the pip. Was it the pip? Pip chilli jam yeah. I heard yeah. on the way in. You want to be telling the kids not to touch their eyes. <laughs> no, I know. I know. That's what we, we, we run a, a girls group and we're like, oh, we might get the girls group to do that. We're going, okay, how are they going to go with this? Because one of our staff did a trial of it and she said she was like, like her eyes were burning. Yeah, her hair. Like she said yeah. it was like crazy. So we'll see how we go with that. Talking about life skill, that's one important life skill, isn't yeah, it? Don't touch your eyes yeah. once you touch chili, right? Exactly yeah. Right. It's to make them wash their hands. Exactly. <laughs> They're very used to washing their hands nowadays, though, with COVID. Yeah, so I was going to say, yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what we should have had instead of any bacterial, just chili on yeah. all our hands that would remind us to wash our hands all the time. <laughs> so, what have you been up to these last two weeks, Sarah? Oh, it's been plastic free July, so it's been crazy, but crazy good. So um, really busy looking at what people are doing locally. So individuals, communities, businesses, schools, what are they doing to reduce their plastics? Or if they do have plastics, how are they managing, you know, to recycle them, reuse them, repurpose them? Um, Yeah, so it's been looking at different things like reusable cup systems, um, what we can and can't do with COVID. Is there better ways? Like can we learn from COVID, you know? Can we still use reusables when we can't? Is there better systems? And if we do have to use disposables, what are the better disposables to use? So it's been a big month and we're only halfway through. Mm, sure. <laughs> and you've just launched uh, Green Caffeine, I think it's called, over at Berg Street. Yeah, yeah. So um, Green Caffeine started a few years ago and they've just released their new designed coffee cups. So um, they started in the shy a few years ago, but now we're doing like a big relaunch. Um, and what that is, is a, um, a reusable cup system. So basically you... Still, it's like single use, so you don't have to worry about people bringing in a dirty reusable cup. But you come to a cafe, you purchase a coffee, that gets given to you in a green caffeine cup, you take that away, and then you can drop that dirty cup into any other oh, okay. participating um, venue. When you get another coffee, you pick it up in a brand new green caffeine cup. So basically it's an idea of those businesses who are worried about, um, like I said, you know, people bringing in their reusable cup. Obviously when people bring their reusable cup, we don't want them to be um, bringing in dirty cups. So, you know, whenever you use a reusable cup, it should be clean. Mm -hmm. But also we're thinking about those people who still don't want to accept somebody else's cup. Is that because of the COVID? That's more for COVID than the recycling idea. That's right, exactly. Because you can still, um, you know, Accept reusable cups. Mm. There's nothing against that, and it's all about um, hygiene, which right, we should perfect. be following anyway in venues. Perfect. Yeah, and uh, it's all these little things that we forget about. You know, right. it's little things like you know, when someone puts the lid on your cup, like, that's did right. they wash their hands? That's right. <laughs> exactly. It's all those little things. Exactly, and that's what people think single use isn't actually more hygienic. Mm. So it's actually how we use the systems and the products that we already have mm. to be more hygienic. So we don't have to go to disposable just because we think it's more hygienic when it isn't. Um, but there are like other things, for example, um, you know, there's things called con- con- contactless pour. So basically what it means is there's no lid on the cup. You can bring your reusable cup, you put it on the bench and in the venue the person can make coffee in the cafe's cup and then pour it into your cup. So that way it's literally not touching the other person's cup. Mm. Um, we're going to do that today, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to yeah. try and practice yeah, that. Let's okay. see how, how yeah. you know, 
how, how it works. Yeah. Um, and then there's other things too. You know, you're talking about the lid, for example. Exactly. People were touching the lids. Mm. So a couple of things with reusable cups, you know, you can go hand it over without your lid. So only you were touching, the customers touching the lid. Or with takeaway coffees at a disposal, for example, the bare minimum we can do is if you don't need the lid, you know, have have the cup without the lid. And that way, um, you know, we're talking about training people about how to serve coffee, for example. You know, we shouldn't be touching the tops of anything. Even, mm. guy, you know, when people hand out your bottle of water, you yeah. sit at a restaurant or a cafe, you know, people got so used to touching the rim. Yeah, they hand it to you by the rim. That's yeah, right. Exactly right. And yeah. so this is beyond COVID. This is yeah. thinking about how we do mm. things with reusable or disposables. Um, so, you know, not touching the top. So if you don't need a lid, you know, you're handing the disposable cup over. Um, and then there are great brands out there for those who still need disposables. For um, a great one we've been looking at is called I'm Not Paper. And basically they've used repurposed waste material to make coffee cups. So like food waste, you know, fruit and veg waste. So the actual cup itself is repurposed waste and then it's a single-use disposable cup. Will these become more expensive? Like how are they... How are they going to work cost-wise? Okay, so um, certain products are getting cheaper and cheaper. So plastic, this is the problem with plastic, that it's so cheap. But the little thing we've been looking at, especially the last week, for example, was, okay, let's think about costing those cheap things as well. So if your takeaway coffee cup has cost you 30 cents as a venue, say, for example, that day you serve 10 reusables, so whether that's in a green caffeine cup reusable system, whether it's allowing someone to use their reusable cup using the contactless pour or a sitting coffee pouring into, you know, a takeaway cup, all that sort of stuff. If, say, for example, 10, 10's reusable cups, that's 10 times 30 cents. So that's $3 that cafe saved that day by not using a disposable cup. And then getting back to some, and that's why we like really big about reusables. It's about taking away something that is a cost to the business. So like this, for example, is a free system. So there is no cost, you know, the customer just buys the coffee, not the cup. So there's 30 cents per cup that the business is saving. Um, And then as more and more people are purchasing um, more sustainable products for the coffee because they didn't get a cup. (laughs) No, no, that's the thing. And and that's the thing. And that's another idea too, which some cafes are actually charging people for the takeaway cup. So this is how much the coffee costs. If you're getting in a takeaway cup, Add the thirty cents to your coffee mm-hmm. because that's how much that takeaway cup is. There, is there many other cafes or businesses using these in the Sutherland Shire? Okay, so in the Sutherland Shire, we've got three businesses at the moment. There was a few more, um, you know, a couple of years ago, and that's why we're relaunching it. So Burke Street Bakery, um, I think Dan's Cafe at Tower and Point, um, the Exchange Station, I think at Janali, and then there's a couple more that we can't release right now until it's public. Yeah. But there's a few more coming in. Um, and then at the moment, you know, Jay, I think you used to I'm actually speaking to a couple of cafes, obviously, because I'm setting up the, the next couple of weeks. And a few of them, I've actually said, Burke Street's already doing this. And, mm-hmm. yeah, they're a, a chain inside S- Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it would be great if we got some of these independents on board. And I'm actually giving them the website. And Excellent. Saying, so yeah. Shire is supporting this. So That's right. Excellent. And then that's, that's the great thing because... You don't have to drop it back to the same cafe. So literally I could pick up a green caffeine coffee, you know, from Curie and then drop it to Parramatta 
you know, and I don't have to have another coffee there too. I can just drop my cup off. But the idea is, you know, you've got two cup-free cups on your account. So whenever I'm near a green caffeine venue, I can just drop it off. And obviously the more of them we get in Sutherland Shire, that's easy is going to be for our um, locals, you know, that they might, you know, pick up a coffee at Lillipilly but then can drop it, you know, on the way through somewhere here, you know, Manai, you know what I mean? So, yeah, we would love more, more, more people, businesses to think about. Our cafe manager, Jenna, actually mentioned it to me last week. That's yeah, why I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. So any of those cafes that are considering coming on board to do the next Been There podcast, mm-hmm. please feel free to contact um, So Shire as well. And it's Green Caffeine, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Green Caffeine. The double E, double F. <laughs> we want to say thank you to Nicole for coming over. Thank you. Um, yeah, and Annette for, for coming in as well and talking about uh, that. I mean, that was just such a meaningful conversation that you guys were having about um, what was going on. And uh, as well as Sarah Joe for talking. So I think we've managed to include about another 40 businesses today as well. Um, so that's really, really good for, you know, the community and to understand how the community works, like and how you can get involved. So um, I've noticed that we've had a couple of visitors um, come in today and I might actually grab one of them right now. <laughs> she keeps shaking her head. And this is actually the reason why I know so many cafes inside Southern Shire is the amazing Kate Tuckfield here. Now, uh, <laughs> Kate owns the Facebook page Shire Foodie. How long have you been running Shire Foodies? Shire Foodie started in around 2011 and then rammed off properly um, 2017. And what is the actual focus for Shire Foodies? Uh, Shire Foodies is more community-based program group, so that way they don't have to try and find different ways to advertise for themselves. So we will advertise for them. We will post their specials. They can come on. They can get reviews from customers. Anyone looking for a place to go, they can go on there, request recommendations, all that type of stuff. We also try and keep our anonymity as much as possible. So now I'm out. Thank you. (laughs) Um, We have been approached in the past from different types of cafes and restaurants for us to come in and try their food um, but we like to go in and mm. under the radar so they don't know that we're actually there trying to then we can review it and give them a proper review rather than a well you came here That's you right. need to give me a good review well, if your food's crap I'm going to tell you so <laughs> the real life experience. Well, they make it extra special because they know it's you <laughs> exactly <laughs> so um, we did get found out at one stage early on and there was a a few free churros thereafter, <laughs> which is fine. Don't have a problem. But um, she could also walk home from I there. Could. So it was more like a roll home after. Yeah. <laughs> I think we counted about 25 steps from their front door to our front door. So, um, but yeah, no, that's what Shy Fitties is all about. It's just being there, supporting the locals, cafes, restaurants. All that fun stuff. So you're actually living in Menai at the moment. So you're <laughs> you're a frequenter for Menai shops and everything. So mm-hmm. been here, have you been here before? No, this is my first time in here. So I did take a few photos on the way through so that way I could put them up on the page and stuff like that. I think um, the other question that I had is that we were talking about um, being inclusive and, and making sure people feel valued and wanted and whatever, especially as kids, 
your husband um, is actually ex-scout, so he's actually grown yeah, up you're in never this area. A, you're never an ex-scout. You're always a scout. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> he's always geographically misplaced. That's his theory when he gets lost, so you're always a scout. And you're actually raising your family here in Menai too, So, we, and you actually have your in-laws inside the Menai area as well. Yep, I tried to escape, didn't work, but that's... <laughs> for us, it was more... Um, trying to find somewhere that was easy for us to get to and from from our little one's daycare. So the grandparents live opposite, best pickup delivery service you could have. <laughs> Obviously um, trying to work out the school zone areas, so just good. Thank you for dropping by, Kate. Yeah, thanks for pulling me in. <laughs> it was and worth the morning thank coffee, you. right? <laughs> it was worth it. Um, so I'm going to let Kate go and I'm going to introduce Natasha, who actually works here at Cafe Y, our lovely barista who has delivered my, um, it's a week flat white, so I can't really tell you how great the coffee is because you just wave it over. <laughs> but um, this is our lovely Tash, yes. That, um, Welcome, hello. So Tash um, was working with the Label Y program here in ended up at the Shangri-La. She's the young lady I mentioned before that um, just did so well there and won a customer service award and was the face of the hotel. So, yes, she was yeah, absolutely gorgeous. I'm blushing. The Shangri-La <laughs> is a huge yes. um, accomplishment. Uh, thank you. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't have had the opportunity if it wasn't for Karen and for Project Youth. So I thank you for that. And, yeah, it was a great opportunity. I learned a lot of, big, a lot of people, learned a lot of skills. It's... Definitely a different environment compared to like a cafe, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm sorry. We, we started here and it was just our first week, our opening week was really hectic, which was fantastic. So Tasha was sort of, you know, off during COVID and we threw a ring going, okay, we're opening and we've got all these people coming the first day. She's like, oh my yeah. God. Like, yeah, I needed a little bit to adjust to know what I was doing. Yeah, she killed it. She did very well. Need a few coffees to keep up with everybody coming in? Yes, yes, definitely need a coffee. It's good. I love working in a cafe. <laughs> we'll say that. Some um, of the perks. Exactly. Unlimited caffeine at my disposal. Now, one of the main reasons we're visiting cafes is to find out the coffee beans that we're utilising. Now, they were actually in here the other day training the baristas. So who is your supplier for coffee here? They're called the, the Reformatory Caffeine Lab. So it's And we use their album called La Hacienda. And yeah, we're getting some great comments on it. So it's very new for us. It's only been um, the last three weeks. Oh, here we go. There's our bag. We've got our bag. Yeah, there's our bag. It's a really cool bag. Um, I know it's single origin. It's Colombian. I know that. I remember remember (laughs) learning that. Yeah. They were fantastic. They came out and they did um, some training with us all and like really went into the whole origins of it and yeah. set up our machine. They were, yeah, they were fantastic. We got to the scientifics of it and how so, much grind and what level to have and how long to go for. And it's just very big science to coffee making. Don't realise it. Yeah. So you won't pass the test because you can only tell us that it's a single <laughs> uh, Exactly. So what's the most popular menu item here? I'd say the veggie breakfast or the veggie wrap. They're very, very common. A smashed avocado um, and... <laughs> Not, I think and where our slices are doing really well. Yeah, the so. slices. We have homemade slices from my supervisor. She makes them in the morning. Uh, she also makes the muffins and scones. They're quite popular as well. Yeah. They're I, probably our most, most popular. So um, how long have you um, been associated uh, with? Uh, so I've been a client of Project Youth for three, over three years. I first was introduced to them when I was 16. My psychologist recommended me to them because I needed accommodation at a family breakdown and I was in the start of year 11. 
and it was really good. I walked into the office, told them my story, and within that afternoon they had a room available for me. So it was really quick, it was really efficient, it was, yeah, I really appreciated it. And I was with Project Youth Housing for almost a year, and I ended up, um, they have different, like, transition levels that you can go through depending on your living skills and how well you take care of yourself. And um, I got to the point where within a year I was had an apartment in Cronulla through Project Youth. So that was amazing. I loved it. And I was starting year 12 at the time, so it was really good. I, I needed that space to be able to concentrate and focus. Thanks to Project Youth, I did well in my HSC. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so happy. I, 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 I'm amazed that you just shared all that. That's I'm so inspired by that. So oh, thank you so much That's for okay. sharing that. <laughs> and is in private rental now and yeah, doing very, very well. Now, I know that you've actually, you get really um, proud of all of your yes. past um, youth. Yes. But you were actually saying the other day that there's few that have gone on to university. and Yeah, yeah. We've got, um, we've had uh, one of the young girls that worked here um, she's gone. Oh, she's actually doing nursing. We've got another. Um, we had a trainee here. He's doing some crazy science. I don't know if Jen. What, what is it, Nelly? Mathematical science, like it's a massive degree. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've got some amazing success stories. You know, there's a lot of stories that are really tough ones as well. But we we do have a lot of really good success stories. And yeah, success could be that our young people are graduating their cert two in hospitality and didn't think That's they right. were going to be able to do that. So. Um, or, or having somewhere to call home for, you know, right. a year or two. So just reminding everyone um, that if you've just tuned in, uh, we're actually at Cafe Y at Menai. Uh, now, Project Youth is actually a finalist under the Community Services for the Local Business Awards. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> do I get to go to an awards night or something? Yes, <laughs> you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we. Uh, I believe um, Pip has it straight from the horse's mouth that they're uh, still putting ahead the awards night oh, good. in November. So Time for a new dresses. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the girls from uh, Shy Pot have actually been looking for dresses for the last two nights. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> yes, we are a finalist too. So yeah, yeah, we're really excited about that. Where um, can we find more information about Project Youth? So we've got our um, our lovely Maria is standing here next to me. She's our social media and marketing and fundraising lady, and she's got some done our websites up, which is amazing. It's only just been launched two weeks ago, and our social media pages. So we've got our Instagram and our Facebook pages for um, Project Youth, and also for Cafe Y. So, yeah, and we've got. Maria said yesterday 15,000 followers now, wow, have we, on excellent. Cafe Y? Reach, we reach, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> Give or take a little. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, please follow us, like us, and do all those things you do on social media. And you accept donations, monetary, yes, clothes yeah, on yeah. the website, yeah. plants yes. for your veggie garden. Yeah. 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 yeah, we've even got, we had, um, we had our manager, our uh, or staff meeting yesterday and um, we do a bit of a good news story at these meetings. And one of the young boys that was has been involved with us for a really long time, he, during COVID, started his own business where he's sort of upcycling clothes, I think it's what you say. So he's okay. getting like secondhand clothes and then he's putting his spin on it with the designer and then they're reselling them. So, Ooh, I love yeah, to hear we about, are, about that. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds really cool. Yeah. yeah, he's a really, really good guy. He, um, yeah, he was, I think, going to uni but because of COVID wasn't yeah. able to go and so yeah now he started up this business. I have to get some details off you about yep. that 
So yeah, any any plants anyone wants to donate for our veggie patch or <laughs> anything you want to donate, we're we're pretty happy to take just about anything. <laughs> so what if you actually want to be involved in Project Youth? Yep. Do so, they just come down and talk to you or um yeah, they can just they can just contact through our um webpage or contact me is fine because we have our mentor programs and our volunteer programs. So there's always always room for people to help. If they want to get involved, there's always something that we can um, yeah, sort of match people to. Which is anything like I'm in October going to be helping with a beach cleanup and beach fitness yep. down at Cronulla Beaches. Yep. So there, yep. there's all different things that they do. So today is actually World Emoji Day. Oh. So Sarah, if you were an emoji, what would you be? <sighs> you should see Natasha's brain. Well, over. well, hang on. This is a bit of a, this is a thing you see because I want a seahorse emoji and it's 2020 and there's no seahorse emoji. So if I could be emoji, it would be seahorse emoji, but there isn't one yet. So seahorse or a sea dragon? Oh, I'll take either. I'll take a sea dragon. Maybe I should do a sea dragon. Yeah, I like a sea dragon. Uh, what about you, Natasha? Uh, first thing that popped in my head was the dancing lady. I don't I like my dancing. She's carefree. She seems happy. I'll go with her. Yeah. She's Good emoji. Yep. <laughs> and what about you, Karen? Look, I, I have no idea because I'm always worried about this because my I'll, <laughs> I'll send my daughter an emoji thing and she goes, Mom, you know what that means? I go, <laughs> the eggplant? No, I'm not real sure what it means. So I'm too scared to say because I might say something that's really inappropriate. <laughs> well, we were talking about this last night and I'm actually, obviously, because I work for Purple Bees as well, yeah. uh, I'm actually a purple heart, but I only send them to people I really care about. So if you get a purple heart from me, that means I really do care about you otherwise I think the face palm emojis have become my favorite at the moment it's um especially on family chats it's um sometimes my brother-in-laws get a little wild so I just sort of face palm them it's just not worth it so we've also been joined here by so Karen this is, this is Justin so uh Hello, Justin's everyone. one of our youth workers here yeah okay. So what exactly is your role here at Project Youth? Yeah, so my official title is the Youth and Family Support Worker here at Project Youth. Um, typically I work with 12 to 16-year-olds who are at risk of homelessness. Um, so typically for me, um, I might be one of the first few people that young people would meet. Um, and um, I suppose outside of some of our refuges, so kind of uh, the young people who might be on the street or they might be starting to disengage from school, and have some family troubles, um, they, might, they might see my face come through there, um, whether it's meeting them at home or meeting them at school or out in the community. I am absolutely blown away with Project Youth. The Pip and I came in here um, three weeks ago to sort of scout this location and, I mean, the cafe is a great way to actually bridge that gap between the community and the youth as well. So I can only thank you so much for all your support. And, Natasha, thank you for... She's gone back to work, so we need coffee. Um, but to actually be open and honest about her situation and how she ended up here, you know, that's Absolutely. that's a big thing for especially for someone who's gone through that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, no, she's she's amazing. We've got um, we usually have another couple of young girls that are working here volunteering. Um, the weekends it's always full of volunteers as well. So pop up, say hello to us. Now, the other thing that I should note is it's also ice cream month. Oh. So before Sarah disappears because she's looking at it, ice cream, <laughs> what is your favourite ice cream? Um, I'm one of those lactose intolerant, so I'll go a sorbet, so a mango sorbet. Um, Justin? Um, 
mango flavored ice cream is delicious, but I also think banana ice cream is very nice as well. You don't get it everywhere, but when you can get a hold of it. It's- Karen, what about you? Um, 100% chocolate. <laughs> Obviously. There, was, chocolate. there was no question yeah. there. There was no question. I have to admit, rum raisin was my favourite, mm-hmm. but only because I felt like a rebel having it before I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to um, mention we've got heaps of um, customers in the cafe at the moment. And I'm going to put a special mention out. One of my friends has just walked in and she's from the Cubby House Preschool just across the road. Um, they're a community-based not-for-profit and just a few things I kind of asked her, you know, what should they do that's, you know, some sustainability initiatives because we're really about promoting, you know, any school. So whether it's from, you know, early learning centre up to um, secondary. So here's a few things that she listed to me. She goes, this is at 6.30 in the morning. This is all I can think of before of a coffee. But just like Cafe Y and Project Youth, setting up their veggie patch. Um, they've got a designated plot, which is a community garden, where they teach the children how to grow and maintain and produce, you know, where fruit and veggies come from and how we can get fruit and veggies without plastic. Um, they use table to earth for all their composting, and that is a, a local business that actually takes bioplastics as well and food waste to, for composting. Um, and obviously using recyclables and loose parts for play. And you were talking earlier about dandelion, were you? Yeah, yep. So they give their toys and clothes a second home to dandelion. So there's heaps of things, you know, that early learning centres and preschools can do locally, um, even having like community libraries for books. Now the dandelion um, support network is actually also supported by a club Menai just around, it's literally behind me at the moment, the Dandelion Support Network, uh, they've got their high tea coming up. Yeah, 17th of October uh, at Dalton House in Sylvania Waters. I already have my ticket. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Oh, well, there. Now, I actually <laughs> interviewed them last last year for the um, for men's research that I was doing on mental health. So it was really good. They do a lot of recycling and they actually go in and they fix up all the cots that get donated um, they actually get tested and they clean out all the car seats so it's somewhere where we can go and actually recycle everything that you know normally you just throw in the tip that's right because there's a lot of things that people don't realize you know if they're cleaned and fixed can actually be reused mm-hmm. and so they can be tested that's right and yeah so it's not like it's it's done. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So we ha- we found it? a really interesting connection when we were doing the research for this so we've got the local club Menai and they give out club, club grants and they actually support Dandelion uh, Support Network and they also support you. Yes, they, they're, they're really big supporters of us. So yeah. yeah, they're fantastic. So we um, have connections with them here in Menai and also in Hurstville. So, yeah, we have a, a very good relationship with Club Central and they've always been big supporters. Yeah, and they're t- I mean, they're taking amazing sort of um, steps to do the COVID safe stuff yeah. as well with their patrons and um, especially with the recent outbreak over the last week and in the Sutherland Shire, they're just really encouraging people to stay away if you've been to those other locations. But, yeah, it's like $2.20 to register. So I want to bring back uh, Nicole because she was one of our masterclass students. Yeah. And uh, that was back in February. And now she's got a, a podcast up on the waves. Who would have thought? Okay. <laughs> but you've done some great uh, work. Like tell, so tell us a little bit about the masterclass first, if you can. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I really enjoyed being able to uh, have the opportunity to practice before I actually did go live. And uh, the, the amount of information and structure and support that was provided was 
really very clear and simple and it gave me the confidence to actually go out there and do it. Really, really simple and clear instructions. And I was able to construct my own map of what I want to create for my podcast, five different things, the areas that I talk about, and then the little sub areas. And so it made me really clear and it was sort of like a, a roadmap for me to to sort of go forward and go, right, this is what I need to do. So, um, And you've had some great interviews. So tell us about those. Yeah. So, so far um, for one of the areas I talk about men's mental health or men's um, empowerment, um, I've had Craig Ball from, uh, he's a men's mental health speaker. And uh, we talked about all sorts of things, particularly around, um, you know, the suicide of men and in young men these days and what we can do about that. That's one that's really important to me. Uh, and um, we also talked to Chris Loom from Higher Yoga. We talked about um, the different styles of yoga and the one he's doing at the moment, um, which is the Huffa slower style yoga and, and how that can be useful for people during COVID isolation and the big change in the world that's going on right now. And, uh, and I'm just about to have um, the amazing Dean Hallitau, who's um, from the NRL and he's a very, very well-known football player. And we're going to talk about men's well-being and mental health with him as well so that's going to be the next thing coming up so lots of really good things happening so yeah, yeah. I'm really excited it's been great being able to share um and spread the message out there which is sort of what the initial intention was for me um as a mentor or a coach is to sort of create a wider reach to people out there now what's your podcast called the empowerment project podcast and where can you find it you can find it on Instagram uh, at the Empowerment Project Podcast. You can also find me on Facebook, the Empowerment Project Podcast, and also you can find me on the internet. Um, my website is uh, www.theempowermentprojectpodcast.org. Yep, and we host it on ShirePod. So all you and have to do is follow, follow us on on Podbean, ShirePod, and uh, and you get us. Yes, it comes up when it drops. Uh, normally every fortnight isn't it like when it's yeah every two, every two weeks. weeks and yeah the shy pod has been amazing without the shy pod i wouldn't be where i am oh well, thank you very Potties. much <laughs> <laughs> oh, we also want to tell you about keeping it in the family they've released a new episode this week as well as last week's uh episode for um the been there podcast we've actually had over 150 downloads now can i tell you the reason we get excited is because rachel corbett tells us that anything over 130 is doing better than 50 percent of the podcasts out there Wow. So we're really, really grateful for the community that we are creating and uh, who are tuning in to the one, one to the lives, but also just to the, uh, the shows that we're producing on, on the uh, platform. Well, we just wanted to do a game. That, why don't we do it with Nick? Should we do the game with Nick? <laughs> She'd be really good. She's quick off the mark and she knows exactly what she's talking about. She, oh yeah, God. I'll just get my rope to get the game out of the bag. <laughs> yep, there it is there. It's called the five-second game. Now, we played this with Sarah Joe about two weeks ago and she did really, really well. She scored about uh, nine out of ten. So you've got five seconds to answer the questions. Here's your time and you get to turn it over when you're ready to answer the question. And I'm going to pick a card and I'm going to ask you for three things. Now, the first three things are, name three things you can't resist. Coffee, swimming in the ocean, yoga. (laughs) Name three reasons you puke. Nappies. (laughs) Nappies and nappies. Can you tell me three places to throw a party? My backyard, the beach, the park. And... 
three, now this is a bit more serious, but three reasons why you would feel shame. You know this because this is your area. Body image, self-image, and oh, that's hard. Um, childhood issues. Okay. <laughs> Last one is, sorry, name three ways to end a bad date. Oh. <laughs> Go to the toilet, call a girlfriend, make the exit. (laughs) We love it. We love it. We do try and have a little bit of fun here on uh, on, uh, the Been There podcast and we do want to bring you what's happening in the local community to your earbuds. So... We would just want to send a shout out to Cafe Y and the youth and the project youth. We want to say thank you to Nicole for coming over. Thank you. Um, for me. Yeah. Great. And Annette for, for coming in as well and talking about um, that. I mean, that was just such a meaningful conversation that you guys were having about um, what was going on. And uh, as well as Sarah Joe for talking. So I think we've managed to include about another 40 businesses today as well. Um, so that's really, really good for, you know, the community and to understand how the community works, like and how you can get involved. Uh, so for you, our loyal listeners, thank you very much for tuning in this morning. I hope you've had a great morning. You can follow us on SS Podcast Station on Facebook. We do a couple of lives. We do a bit of Instagram on Shire Pod and we are the local, the local media production company creating podcasts that build personal brands for local personalities and businesses. So if you've got an idea for a podcast, get in touch with us. So Pip, where are we next week? Ah, next week we are at Knuckleheads in Kirui. This is a recently opened cafe uh, by Gracie from A Plated Affair and we're really looking forward to going and supporting her and her new venture. Well, I'm looking forward to her story. She has pivoted and absolutely thrived during COVID. Uh, just a reminder to set the alarm for our Podbean live broadcast every Friday at 7am. Uh, just want to thank our team. So our producer Pip, our roadies Paul and Jasper, big shout out to those guys. Amanda, for bringing your creative genius and voice to our podcast. And Jay, yes. <laughs> uh, so don't forget to share with your friends. Find all the links to all our businesses that we've mentioned in our show. Yep, in on the, the show, show notes. notes. And a blog that we produce from the website, Sutherland Shire Podcast Station. We have loads of episodes to listen to. And don't forget to leave a comment and tell us what you thought. You've been listening to the Been There Podcast. Have a great day. <laughs>